we see this. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, right? So that's always been his plan, to go into all the world. It's always been his plan, from right here uh, in Aberdeen, South Dakota, to the United States of America, to the ends of the earth. That's always been his plan from the start. And the way he's done it, his method, is to take ordinary people like me and you and uh, like teenagers, take ordinary people and through the power and the leading of the Holy Spirit, use them to do extraordinary things to tell people about the name of Jesus. So this morning, I want to look specifically at the Holy Spirit and, and how he helps us fulfill that plan to go to the ends of the earth until all know that Jesus is the only one who saves. And I want to look at how the Spirit guides us and how he, he leads us, right? Many of you have maybe experienced that small voice in your head that says, go do this or, or go do that. And many times that's the Holy Spirit telling us what to do. Now, as a youth pastor, I've seen the, the Holy Spirit used the wrong way. Or maybe the Holy Spirit blamed uh, for the wrong things. Because, you know, teenagers, they're, they're still figuring things out. And uh, so some of the things I've heard, you know, one of them is this. This is, this is pretty classic uh, teenager move by the Holy Spirit. Come up to me and say, you know just really felt the Holy Spirit telling me I needed to ask that girl out over there. So I did. I mean, I just really believe that she's God's plan for my life, you know. That, man, she is the Lord's will right there. Uh, you know, other examples would be, you know, uh, coming up to your mom and, and saying, you know, mom, I just really feel the Holy Spirit's leading me today to stay home from school. Um, you know, I don't know. I think maybe, maybe the lunch will be rotten in the cafeteria today. Um, it has nothing to do with me not studying for that test that I'm supposed to take today, you know. Just the Holy Spirit. Or, Dad, you know, I just really feel the Spirit's telling me that, that you need to increase my allowance. Um, you know, I just want to be a blessing to more people, and I can't do that unless you bless me more. And, uh, you know, so th there's a lot of ways that we can use the Holy Spirit in the wrong way, but that, that doesn't mean that he doesn't speak to us. He does speak to us today. He, he speaks to us, and he tells us uh, what to do. He tells us what to say. He tells us how to act in, in certain ways and in certain areas. See, often as believers, we can feel this, this inner prompting, and, and we kind of know it's the Holy Spirit because it's something that's not natural for us. It's something like, ah, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know what's going to happen. And it's very easy to ignore this prompting. It's very easy to be like, I don't know, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what they're going to say. People are going to think I'm weird. And, and because of fear, we can ignore the Holy Spirit. We can pass it up. We can write it off. We can say, oh, that's probably just something I ate earlier. And, it, you know, that's not the Holy Spirit talking to us. But, but I want to look this morning on why it's so critical when the Holy Spirit speaks to us that we need to obey. That needs to be our first response to obey. So we're going to look at a story about uh, a follower of Jesus. His name was Philip, who was prompted by a message from God to do some things that would have been out of his normal routine. And what we see in this story is that long before Philip took action, the Holy Spirit was at work. So this morning, if you've got your Bibles, you can take them out and turn them to Acts chapter 8. Acts 8. Now, Acts is the book of the Bible that comes right after the Gospels, right? We've been preaching through Mark. Pastor's been on it for about the last year now uh, of just talking about uh, the Gospel of Mark. And, and the Gospels are all about the life and the teachings of Jesus, right? Everything that Jesus did while he was here on earth. But Acts is the sequel 
to the Gospels. Uh, it's when Jesus leaves and he goes back to heaven and the Holy Spirit comes and empowers the disciples and empowers followers of Jesus to go out and tell uh, the good news about Jesus Christ. And we see the early church, the very first church, and, and how it just exploded uh, around the globe. That's what we find recorded here in Acts. And in Acts chapter 8 specifically, uh, we're introduced to an evangelist named Philip. Now, this is not the disciple named Philip. This is uh, Philip, we just call him Philip the Evangelist, because uh, that's what he does. And he traveled to the city of Samaria. And it's really cool. It says that when he went to Samaria, he preached about Jesus. And things just took off. I mean, people were uh, listening to his message. People were coming to Jesus left and right. It said that signs and wonders followed him. Uh, wherever he went, people were getting healed. Demons were being cast out. I mean, if he had a church, the place was packed. It was standing room only. God was blessing uh, his ministry. It was incredible. It said it was so good that uh, even the apostles took notice. Said that Peter and John, they, they came down just to see what was going on. What was Philip doing right? They came down to, to continue helping him grow the church in Samaria. Now, in the middle of this successful ministry, we find God leading Philip elsewhere. So let's take a, take a look at this story. It starts in verse 26. It says this. Now, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert, road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of the treasury of the Kandake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, there's that spirit again, he's whispering to him, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot, and he heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading, Philip asked? How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture that the eunuch was reading. He, led, he was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants for his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is this prophet talking about? Is it himself or is it someone else? Then Philip began with the very passage of scripture and, and told him the good news of Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. Now, this is an incredible story. I mean, this has got just incredible things that the Holy Spirit did through Philip to reach this man. Here you have Philip going from uh, this great ministry. God, God tells him, hey, I want you just to go south on the road. Didn't tell him where to go. Just go south. I'll tell you what to do later. So Philip obeys immediately. He obeys. He goes down. Uh, he sees this Ethiopian man and uh, hears him reading the Bible, goes up to him, tells him about Jesus. He gets saved. Uh, he baptizes him right on the spot. And then, to top it all off, Philip gets supernaturally transported to another town. I don't know about you, but that is Supernaturally transported is on my bucket list. 
right? Like, that would be so awesome if God would supernaturally transport me somewhere. I mean, I think that one's right under, you know, walking on water. You know, there's a lot of cool things that we, if uh, the Holy Spirit uses us in those ways, that would be so incredible. So he, he gets transported to Azotus, and there he just picks up where he left off. And, and he continues preaching, and he continues telling everybody about the good news of Jesus. It really is an incredible story. And this story illustrates to us that that God's Spirit, He can give us direction, and our obedience to that direction can be the answer to someone's need. So I want to look this morning at a few things that we can learn about the Holy Spirit's leading uh, in this passage. And the first one is this. The Spirit tends to lead you out of your comfort zone. Tends to lead us out of our comfort zone. See, in verse 26, we're told that the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip and instructed him to go to a, a specific road that led from Jerusalem uh, to Gaza. Now, before the angel of the Lord spoke, like I mentioned earlier, Philip's ministry was taken off. I mean, things were going great. Things were going awesome. People were coming to Jesus. I mean, it was everything he had dreamed of doing for God and, and probably more. But then in the middle of this, this good work that he was doing, the Holy Spirit tells him, hey, go somewhere else, Right? That just, man, if you put yourself in, in Philip's shoes, that had to be so hard, you know, to hear, to hear this. You, your first thoughts might be like, but God, do you see this? You know, do you, do you see what's going on here? Uh, I can't leave right now. You know, they, they need me. And, and, and all these things, you know, would naturally go through our minds. But it says that Philip obeyed. He didn't ask any questions. He, 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 he didn't question God. He, he didn't say, give me five minutes. No, he, he obeyed. And he went south on that road. See, Philip did something that was very hard to do. He trusted in God's plans before he trusted in his own logic. See, logic would tell you that because you're doing a great work, a great job, that you need to stay where you are. Logic would tell you that, man, there's still more to be done here in Samaria. There's still more people to reach. Logic would uh, tell us that we should be fearful that, man, if I leave now, then this whole ministry could fall apart. That's what logic would tell us. But you know what God's plan said? I have more for you, Philip. I I have more for you to do than just be here in Samaria. So Philip trusted in God. He understood that success isn't measured by what we see, but it's measured by obedience to God. Think about that. Success, it's not measured by what we can see. It's not measured by how many or how much. But it's measured by, are you faithful? Do you listen to God? When he speaks, are you obedient? That's how we can measure success in our lives if we're obedient to God. See, one indicator uh, that the Holy Spirit's speaking to you is that it's something that you don't want to do. Isn't that unfortunate? (laughs) Like, usually when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, it's go do this thing that you really don't enjoy doing. He takes us outside of our comfort zone. He takes us in a direction that we're not necessarily thrilled about, but that's because we serve a God who has a plan bigger for us than what we do, right? And that's why it's, it's uncomfortable. He says, I see you as this, and we're sitting here, but I see me as this, you know? And so if we want to match what God has envisioned for us, the Holy Spirit's going to lead us and take us outside of our comfort zones. Now, it's okay to have doubts. It's okay to have fears, but what we can't do is allow those fears to control us. We can't allow those fears to say, I'm just going to sit out. I'm just going to be on the bench for this one, God. No, we need to, in spite of our fears, say, yes, God, send me. You know, use me. I will, I will do what you've called me to do. 
You know, it's kind of like growing pains. If we want to grow, then we need to step outside of our comfort zone. I think uh, we've got our twin little girls, Ava and Ella, they're a little over a year now. And uh, at this stage in their life, they've got teeth popping through, sharp little teeth busting through their gums. And and normally they're perfect little angels. Uh, But then sometimes when those teeth come through, it's a crabby day. You know, and, and they may not sleep all the way through, but they're going through these, this pain, they're going through this discomfort so that their teeth can pop in, you know, so they can grow into the person that God created them to do. And it's the same in our spiritual lives. If we want to grow, if we want to become the spiritual person God's created us to do or created us to be, then we need to be willing to step outside of our comfort zone, go through some growing pains so that, that we can grow in Jesus. I remember in my life, one of the, the biggest growing pain moments uh, of the Holy Spirit guiding me was when I was uh, trying to figure out what college to go to. I knew from a, very early on, I think when I was a freshman in high school, that God had called me uh, to be a youth pastor. You know, and that one was like, all right, I'm, I'm excited. You know, that one's, you know, I, I've got a lot to learn, but that's still kind of in my comfort zone. I, I'm, I'm still excited. I've got big plans. Let's do this. And, and uh, so I just figured I'd plan the rest of the thing out for Jesus, you know, so I picked out a college. I knew where I was going to go. I was going to go to North Central University in Minneapolis because that's where my favorite teams played, the Twins, the Timberwolves, and the Vikings, and it was three blocks away from the Metrodome, you know, that was like my favorite place on the earth, and I was going to be on the baseball team, and the baseball team got to play in the Metrodome, so I was going to be, you know, on the field, and it's just like, this is, this is so awesome. God, thanks for letting me be a youth pastor. This is going to be great. And then, then he told me, go to Trinity Bible College. So I was like, but that's, that's, that's not where I want to go. You know, that's, that's not Minneapolis. That's Ellendale, North Dakota. You know, I, I want to go there. But I knew that if I wanted to be faithful to God, I needed to listen to him. I knew that if I wanted to be the person God had called me to be, I needed to listen to him. So I packed the bags up and we went to Trinity. I'm so thankful I did. Because God called me here. God, I, I met my wife. Uh, you know, all these things because I was faithful to following God. Now, there's a lot of times I've blown it. But I know the, the times I've stepped out that I've been thankful that I've stepped out every single time. I've never regretted following the leading of the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit can sometimes lead us from something we know well, like a job or a friendship or a dream, and lead us into the unknown. But the good news is that if God is calling you outside of your comfort zone, that he's also going to equip you and empower you to succeed in that place. And that leads me uh, to the second thing this morning, is this, that the Spirit will equip you for the task that he's called you to. The Spirit's going to equip you to the task that he's called you to. See, as Philip walked uh, the direction he was instructed to by God, he, he came across this Ethiopian man. This is someone who would have been outside of his part of the world. It would have been outside of his culture. Not only that, it was outside of his social class. It said that, you know, he worked for the queen. He was like the chief finance officer for the queen. This guy was rich. He wasn't like Philip. See, there were several cultural changes that would have made it difficult for Philip to approach this Ethiopian man. It, it, It may have even been improper in that day for him to do it. But yet, sometimes the Spirit leads us to those who are different than us, from people that we feel unequipped to reach in hopes that they would become part of God's family. You know, every year uh, we have a handful of students who head down to El Salvador uh, and and go on a mission trip for a week and a half. And and it's so incredible. But many times uh, when you go down there, you you start out by feeling a little overwhelmed because it's a different culture, it's a different language, and you think to yourself, God, how... 
how am I going to reach these people? You know, what, what can I do? How can I reach people who are so different than me? And when I was down there, I, I definitely thought that, and I thought, you know, I can relate to them a little bit. I mean, I took Spanish in high school. I should be good. And uh, so I went down there, and I, I tried, you know, having a conversation with some of these, these little boys, and, and they just looked at me blankly like, you don't know what you're doing. I, I conjugated all the verbs right. You know, you should understand this. And, and I'm talking to them, and, and, you know, it's just not getting through to them. But then they see I have a soccer ball in my hands, right? And then it didn't matter we didn't speak the same language. We were kicking it around. Uh, we were having a great time, and we were able to share the love of Jesus with them. See, if God calls you, he's going to equip you. You may not feel equipped, but he has equipped you and he's prepared you for a moment like this so that you can grow. See, Philip was instructed by the Holy Spirit to get close to the chariot, right? And he's probably thinking at this time like, okay, God, what are we doing here? You know, this guy's out of my class. Uh, he's, out of, he's out of my league. We, we can't relate. What am I going to say to this guy? But, but the Spirit just told him, get close, And he begins to hear the man reading out loud from the Old Testament book of Isaiah. Now, it's worth noting here that that this was kind of a common practice back in the day to to read things out loud. Because in the ancient texts, they wanted to save space. So they didn't feel it was necessary to put spaces in between the words. Right? It was just a bunch of letters all going back and forth. So he had to read it out loud to help him to comprehend and to break apart the words just right. So as Philip was getting closer, he begins to hear this hear these words. And all of a sudden he realized, okay, now I know what to do, right? Because this was a passage of scripture that he's read many times. He's, he's probably even preached on it several times himself. And he realized, I was more equipped than, than what I thought I was. And the Ethiopian man, he called him up and he said, hey, will you explain this to me? Don't be surprised to find that God has equipped you with everything you need to respond to what he's called you to do. See, sometimes I think we can have this view uh, that to reach people, we have to go to the ends of the earth. But in Acts 1.8, Jesus starts with Jerusalem, right? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, until the ends of the earth. So we need to start right where he's planted us, right in our Jerusalem, and that is Aberdeen. And when you think about it, think about how many different people we have to reach right here. You know, think, we've got poor, we've got middle class, we've got rich. We've got so many different nations now. More and more nations keep on coming in, and it's an incredible opportunity that we have. So rather than viewing that as a bad thing, why don't we look at that as as an opportunity, as something strategic to do? I think back just a few weeks ago, we had our missionary to Italy, uh, Rick and Jennifer Pasquale here. And they were telling us how excited they were because there were so many nations that were represented in their church. There were so many nations in that, that city of Rome, they were able to reach so many different people groups, and those people would, would go back to their homes and, and, and tell more. So they were in such a strategic location. Why can't we view the city of Aberdeen like that? Why can't we view all the different cultures that we see right here, all, all the different classes of people, and realize, God, what an opportunity you've given us, that we can start reaching the ends of the world without ever leaving the city limits. We also have the opportunity today to, to give, to give to speed the light so that we can help reach people in the Arab world, again, without ever even leaving the sanctuary. We can make an impact globally. See, when you follow the Spirit's leading and you step out of your comfort zone, you'll find that God has already equipped you with everything you need to tell people about Jesus. See, the Spirit gives direction and, and our obedience can be the answer to meet someone's need. 
In verse 30, it says that, that Philip approached the cart and engaged the Ethiopian with a simple question. Do you understand what you're reading? And the Ethiopian humbly responded, how can I unless someone explains it to me? See, it was this simple question that gave Philip the opportunity to share the gospel with the Ethiopian and, and explain what the Bible passage was all about. Which leads me to the third thing this morning. The Spirit always points us to Jesus. The Spirit always, always points us to Jesus. See, it was no coincidence that this Ethiopian man was reading out of Isaiah chapter 53. See, God's Spirit had, had set up this encounter long before Philip knew it was going to happen. And this prophetic passage about Jesus was just the kind of door that Philip needed to come in and tell him about Jesus. I mean, just look at what, what he was reading. It said this, he was led like a sheep to the slaughter. Sound familiar? And as a lamb before its shear is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants for his life was taken from the earth? Now we read that today and, and realize well, that's Jesus, right? Jesus was led to the cross. He was innocent, but yet he led to the cross. And, and he didn't complain about it, but he was silent. He was depraved of justice, right? And so this passage lines up perfectly with who it was, but this was written 700 years before any of those events even took place. But now Philip has this perfect opportunity to, to tell uh, this Ethiopian man about Jesus, to tell him the good news of, hey, here's, here's what this is really about. It's all about Jesus. And later on in that passage, it talks about the servant the servant who was going to come and, and save us from our sins. And, and we don't know exactly what he said, but he could have kept going and say, man, this is, that, this is Jesus. This is Jesus who we're talking about. You want to follow God? Jesus is the one true God. So he, get, he begins to, to lay out the good news. He begins to lay out the gospel for this man. And, and if he wouldn't have done this, if he wouldn't have followed God's call, then this Ethiopian man would have never been able to join the family of God. Again, the Spirit gave Philip directions, and through his obedience, he became the answer to this Ethiopian's prayer. See, if the Spirit is leading you, he's pointing you in one of two directions. He's either pointing you to get closer to Jesus, or he's pointing you towards leading someone to Jesus. And sometimes it's both. In fact, a lot of the times, it's both. Again, looking at Acts 1.8, it tells us that, that Jesus gave us the power of the Holy Spirit so that we could be witnesses right? He gave us the power of the Holy Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, so that we could be witnesses for him, so that we could uh, have the boldness to tell people about Jesus, so that we could have the, the strength to, to go up to someone that maybe we don't know who's outside of our comfort zone, who's outside of our culture, and tell them the good news about Jesus. That's why the Holy Spirit is here, to give us the boldness, to give us the words to say so that we can see people go from death to life, so we can see people go from an eternity in hell to an eternity in heaven, so we can pack heaven with as many as possible until all know the name of Jesus. See, the Spirit likes to whisper things to us like this, you know, go comfort that friend after the death of a family member, or to be generous towards a missions ministry like Speed the Light, or to talk a coworker through a hard time. Or maybe praying through a difficult situation with a neighbor. Or maybe volunteering uh, in a ministry in the church. Or even explaining a scripture to someone who's from a different culture than you. See, whatever the Spirit speaks to you, it is ultimately pointing people towards Jesus. Check out this video. 
Sadhu Chalapa was sleeping in a small village to the north of Madras, India, when he was suddenly wide awake. His heart began to pound, and he sensed an overwhelming burden to leave the house where he was staying and to run. He thought to himself that he must have been exhausted from his trip. He was being told to run into the darkness in a remote part of India to a place he didn't know. There was nothing convenient about this. Nonetheless, he started running. Had someone passed him on the street at such a late hour, they might have asked, why are you running? Chilapa would have responded, I have no idea. Or maybe someone would have said, where are you going? Do you need a ride? I'd guess he would have said, I have no idea where I'm going. I only know that God woke me up and told me to run. In the open country, away from dim lights of the Indian villages, he passed a tree. In that instant, he sensed God wanted him to stop running and begin preaching. Chilapa did just that. With nobody in sight and nothing but an open field for a congregation, he proclaimed the grace of Jesus Christ. The life, death, and resurrection of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. At the end of his message, he gave an opportunity for anyone who could hear him to open their hearts to Christ's forgiveness. In the darkness, sobbing echoed through the open field. The tree branches parted above Chalapa's head, and a man began to climb down the tree. With tear-stained cheeks, the man in the tree gave his life to Jesus. When asked what he was doing at the top of the tree in the middle of nowhere, the man confessed, I came here to hang myself. I can imagine heaven standing at uneasy attention while the man climbed down the tree with his rope in his hand. The angels could have wondered, who would be filled with enough faith and willing to say yes to a leading of the Spirit that doesn't make a lot of sense? What would our response be to such a leading? Today, God is calling us to serve humanity. Heaven could trust Chalapa with such an assignment. There are many others like the man of the tree who have no one to come to them in the darkness with the gospel and in the power of the Spirit. They perish without knowing Jesus. The greatest injustice in all the earth is for someone to live and die without knowing Christ. This is the most basic human right. The Spirit is leading and our obedience can be the answer to someone else's prayer until all know. When, this, when the Spirit told this man to go for a run, you know, that was something that was, that was outside of his comfort zone. Uh, you know, he's out running on the streets, and, and probably at that moment he could say, you know, you know, if somebody asked him, he could probably say, I'm just, you know, going for a run, just staying in shape. You know, he could write it off as something else, but but man, when the Holy Spirit told him, stop in this open field and just start preaching, that's one you can't really explain to people. Like, what are you doing? You know, just preaching to the field. He was outside of his comfort zone. But he followed God's leading. And because of that, that man in the tree was saved. See, he didn't understand why God had done it until after he had already preached the message. But then he saw God's bigger plan. God's bigger plan. We need to, to step outside of our comfort zone. To, to be willing to do something a little crazy, to reach somebody that maybe not be like us, but that way we can point people towards Jesus, because that's what it's all about, pointing people towards Jesus. Now, as I, I read this passage as a whole, there's, there's one thing that really stands out to me, and, and that's the concept of the power of one, the power that, that God used one man, one man, one man who said yes to lead someone to Christ. That's all it took. The power of one decision, of one decision of saying, you know what? I've got all this going on here, 
But God's calling me somewhere else. And that one decision changed someone's eternity. And when you really think about that, that that one person, that one decision can have such an impact, it really puts things in perspective. What if the next time the Holy Spirit spoke to you, you you thought about the consequences and you thought, you know, if I say yes, it could mean the difference between eternity in heaven and eternity in hell for someone. And that's, that's really what it is. What if every time we listen to the Holy Spirit, we realize that life or death was on the line? I think it would make us say yes a lot more often. See, when we say yes, when, when we say, you know what, I may be just one person, but I can have a big impact, then we can become part of God's plan in going to the ends of the earth until all know the name of Jesus. It's incredible what God can do through just one act of obedience. So this morning, as I mentioned earlier, I want to give you an opportunity to take part in what God is doing globally, to participate in this dream that all would know the name of Jesus. And earlier I mentioned just all the great things that God is doing over uh, in the Arab world. And I'm asking you this morning, would you partner with these students? Uh, Would you partner with these students whose dream it is to say, God, we want to do your will, who have said yes. Would you be willing to say yes uh, with them this morning? Uh, and to help these live dead teams have vehicles, uh, have uh, equipment so they can spread the good news of Jesus Christ further and faster. So this morning I'm going to ask uh, our ushers if you would find a, uh, get in your positions this morning. And if we could have the worship team, uh, come on back up. And this morning if you've got your offerings, you can take them out. Uh, just mark your, your envelope, speed the light if you'd like to give uh, towards this cause. Also on the back of your envelope, you can see a lot of different ways to give if you want to do texting this morning. Just text uh, you, how much you want to give and speed the light to the number on the envelope or, or use the kiosk in the back before you leave this morning. But we're believing God for great things as we give today, as we say yes to what God is doing globally. Would you pray with me this morning? Jesus. God, thank you so much for having a a bigger vision for ourselves than we do. Thank you for sending your Holy Spirit to take us outside of our comfort zone so we can grow into the person you've created us to be. God, this morning I believe that you are, the Spirit is speaking to us and and, and leading us into giving giving so that others can hear the good news. So God, I pray that you would bless this offering, that you would use it to further your kingdom. God, to do a great work so we can see the gospel explode in the Arab world today. In Jesus' name, amen. I think about uh, the impact that giving has made uh, in, in One Cause Youth and to see students give sacrificially. It's been so cool this last month, our students just in this last month, uh, not through fundraisers, not through anything else, have given over $600 uh, to this cause, to, to speed the life. And, and it's been awesome to see that as they, they're giving, you know, the Bible says that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, right? So as they, they've given, uh, they've not only given, but they've also decided to go as well. And, and we've seen them invite, uh, we've had 15 new students come to One Cause Youth in this past month. Because students not only decided to give, but they decided, you know what? This isn't just for people who are far off, but it's for people right here in Aberdeen as well. So not only have they uh, given so that others can hear, but but they've shared the message themselves. And that's so encouraging. And and that's what we want to catch here at AFA as well. Not only reaching out to the ends of the earth, but also reaching to people right here in our community. So I challenge you this morning, don't just give and, and, and call it good today. 
but be led by the Holy Spirit every day. Be led by the Holy Spirit to witness to your neighbor, to witness to a coworker, to witness to a friend or a family member. Don't let it stop uh, at, at giving, but let's go. We can do it all. Let's reach our Jerusalem and let's reach to the ends of the earth. Well, would you stand with me right now? I want to close this morning uh, by, by singing just one more song, but I also want to open these altars up. This morning, maybe you've never heard the good news of Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never accepted it, but this morning, uh, you want to take that first step, and you can do that this morning. It's not some magical words or anything like that, but it's simply saying, you know what, Jesus? I believe in you. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose again, and I want to make you my Lord. I, I, I want you to forgive me. And this morning, if that's you, I encourage you, come to these altars and, and lay it down before him and follow him. It's the best decision you'll ever make. Or this morning, maybe, uh, and you just want to hear from God. You just want to hear uh, the Spirit's leading. Or maybe you've been fearful and you want to take care of that. Then I encourage you, come down to these altars and let's seek after God together uh, that we would follow the Spirit's leading and, and that we would see people coming to Jesus. So let's worship together. Uh, let's go to these altars together this morning.
for sending your Holy Spirit, for guiding us, for leading us down the right path. Thank you for equipping us that when we step out, we may feel foolish, but, but God, you always come through for us. God, you always come through for us. And in the end, God, we make your name famous. We point people towards you. So God, may we be people led by your spirit this week and every week, wherever we go, whatever we do, whatever we say. God, may you be behind it all. God, may we follow you. God, thank you for these people. Thank you for their hearts. God, would you use AFA to bring the good news to Aberdeen? Would you use AFA to bring the good news to the world? In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for giving this morning, for partnering with these teenagers, and thank you for being led by the Spirit. Have an incredible rest of your Sunday this morning.